the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Philippians, the fourth chapter, dear ones, starting at verse six, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares, which it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, On today, dear ones, I would like for us to return one more time to the topic and to the text that we have been working our way through for the past couple of weeks. Uh, We've been dealing with this topic for the last two weeks, so this is the third week that we're dealing with this. But we would like to come back one more time in order to address this issue. Uh, Now, the text that we have been that we have taken up for our consideration, uh, the text is found for us in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six and seven. And the topic that we have given to our examination of this text has been how to deal with worry, how to deal with worry. Um, And so we've been dealing with this, as I said, dear ones, for the last several weeks, uh, there are. Uh, a variety of things that we have discussed up to this present time. We're not going to go back over all of those things. Um, and so I want for us to read one more time the verses of Scripture that we'll be dealing with on today. Again, it's verses 6 and 7 uh, from Philippians, the fourth chapter. We are told, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, Dear ones, now as we begin to look at our text, uh, and our primary focus is going to be on verse 7 on today. Uh, The reason being, we have already dealt with verse 6 in the first in the previous services, in the first two services that we've already had. We just focused on verse 6. So we have spent uh, two weeks dealing with verse 6, and now we need to move into verse 7. 
Um, and so our, our primary focus on today is going to be on verse 7. Um, and as we begin to look at that, dear ones, we want to take note of the fact that the first word that we encounter as we begin to look at verse 7 is the word and. That is the first word that we encounter as we launch into verse 7. The first word is the word and. Now, as we have stated before in previous messages and in dealing with other topics at different times, the word and is the conjunction of connection. It is the conjunction of connection because through the use of that word, we attach things together and associate things with one another that otherwise would be able to stand alone and be separate by themselves. And so through the use of the word and we connect things, we attach things, we make associations between things that by themselves they would stand alone and be separate. But when you use the word and you are connecting them together. Um, Some examples of this would be peanut butter and jelly or or cornflakes and milk or hot fudge and ice cream. Each one of those things on their own could stand separate. It could be distinct by itself. Um, But when you use the word and the connection between these two things is established that now associates them with one another in a newer and different and more meaningful way. And so what the Lord is doing for us here by his use of the word and is he is establishing for us the connection that exists between the prescription that the Lord gives to us in verse six with the promise that he gives to us in verse seven. And so in verse six, the Lord gives to us his prescription. But in Philippians four and seven, we are given the Lord's promise. In verse 6, the Lord gives to us the prescription that we are to use every time we find ourselves facing those things that have the capacity to cause us to start worrying. So in verse 6, the Lord gives to us his prescription. Now, the Lord's prescription basically reads this way. We are to worry about nothing. We are to pray about everything. And we are to give thanks to the Lord in all things. That's the Lord's prescription. He says, when you find yourself facing worry, when you find yourself facing those things that are trying to come upon you to cause you to start worrying, the Lord says, remember my prescription. Begin to take and apply my prescription that I gave to you. Worry about nothing, pray about everything, and give thanks for all things. And in verse 7, the Lord gives to us his promise concerning what it is that we can expect to see happen for us if we will only exercise our faith and follow the Lord's prescription. In verse 7, the Lord says, if you apply my prescription and do what I'm asking you to do, my promise to you is the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is the Lord's promise to us. Now, dear ones, it is in seeing all this and keeping all of this in mind, there are at least two areas of caution that we need to be aware of. The first one is we must be careful to not fail in our application of the prescription that the Lord gives to us. We must not we must be careful not to fail in our application of the prescription. For many people, dear ones, there is an expectation without there being an application. Many people have an expectation without there being an application. 
That is, dear ones, there is an expectation that they have to be able to receive and experience the promise that the Lord gives to us here, but they fail to do their part and apply the prescription that the Lord gives to us. And so we are expecting the Lord to do this for us, but we fail to apply the prescription that the Lord gives. So there is an expectation without an application. And so we are like the person who goes to the doctor because they are sick and the doctor gives to them the medicine that they need to recover from their ailments. The only problem is the prescription stays in the bottle and it never gets in the body. A prescription in the bottle is good. A prescription in the body is better. Lord have mercy. And so there must be application to what you are receiving. And so a proper way of us seeing this is to see that application lays the foundation for expectation. Application lays the foundation for expectation. That is, dear ones, as I apply God's prescription to my life and do what the Lord is asking me to do, that lays the foundation for me to then be able to expect to see the promise of God fulfilled in my life. Lord, have mercy. I feel my help coming right about now. As I apply the prescription that God gives to me, that lays a foundation for me, that gives me a foundation that I can stand upon, that I can have firm confidence in, that I can go before the Lord and tell Him, Lord, I'm applying your prescription. Now, Lord, because of that, by faith, I am expecting to see your promise fulfilled in my life. Not because I am so good, not because I am so deserving, not because I am so worthy, but because I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm doing the very thing you told me to do. And because you are faithful, you are righteous, you are holy, I know you're going to do what you said you do. Lord have mercy. So that's the first area of caution. That we need to be aware of. But the other thing that we need to be careful about is we need to be careful to pay attention to the contraindicators or the contraindications that apply to the prescriptions that God gives to us. We need to be careful to pay attention to the contraindications that apply to the prescriptions that the Lord gives to us. Now, dear ones, a contraindication is defined like this. It is something that makes a particular treatment or a particular process to be viewed as being inadvisable for us to do. That is a contraindication. A contraindication is something that makes a particular treatment or a particular process to be viewed by us as being inadvisable. For us to do. And so a contraindication with many, many prescriptions, a contraindication with many prescriptions is do not take this with alcohol. That is a contraindication for many prescriptions because alcohol has the ability to dilute or distort or change what that medicine will do to your body. And so they say, if you're going to take this prescription, do not take it with alcohol. You can do one or the other, but don't do both. And so, dear ones, there are contraindications that we need to be mindful of as with regard to the prescriptions that God gives to us. Because if we're not careful to avoid the contraindicators, 
they can cause us to begin to view God's promises or the prescriptions of God in a less than favorable way. Some of the contraindications that we have to be aware of with regards to the prescriptions that God gives to us, one contraindication, dear ones, is fear. We have to be careful about fear. Fear is a contraindicator to the promises or the prescriptions of God. Because fear causes us to view the prescriptions of God as being something that we need to be afraid of. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Fear causes us to view the prescriptions of God as being something that's scary for us to do. When we look at it, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The contraindicator of fear makes us see that verse and say, that's too hard. That's scary. That's scary. I can't do that. No, 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 no. I need to be afraid of that. And so the first contraindicator that we need to be aware of is fear. But the second one that we need to be aware of is the contraindicator of doubt. Doubt causes us to question the veracity and the effectiveness of the prescription that God gives to us. And so we read verse 6, but if we're not paying attention to avoid doubt, doubt causes us to wonder, will it work? How does it it work? When is it going to work? What do I do if it doesn't work? Lord have mercy. And so we've got to be careful about not just fear, but also doubt. But the third contraindicator that we have to be aware of is the contraindicator of inconsistency. Inconsistency is what happens when we apply the prescriptions that the Lord gives to us in a sporadic, irregular and inconsistent way. And so we are like the person who reads the medicine bottle that says to them clearly, take two pills daily. But we interpret that to mean take one pill when you feel like it. And then we wonder why we're not getting the benefits of the medicine. We're wondering why it ain't working the way it's supposed to work. We call the doctor up complaining to his nurse about it ain't working. And I need something different because I ain't having the effect. It's supposed to have the nurse. All she has to ask is, are you taking it as it has been prescribed? 
Are you following the instructions? Y'all ain't praying with me today. Y'all ain't praying with me today. I could just walk off the pulpit. Just on that, 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 I could just walk off and be done. Mic drop. Boom. Are you following the prescription? Because if you ain't following the prescription, why are you amazed if you're not getting the results that you're hoping for? Lord, have mercy. I ain't going to go there, Lord. Leave me alone, Lord. Lord, have mercy. It's good to see you, but leave me alone. <laughs> and, so, and so inconsistency, the, the results that we are hoping to receive never materialize in our lives because we are not doing things in the way that the Lord has prescribed. So we've got to be worried. So, so we want to take note, as I said, the first word that we encounter is the word and. But notice what again, what verse 7 says. It says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The next thing that I would like for us to notice, dear ones, in our text is we want to notice that it begins to speak to us about the peace of God as being a part of the promise that the Lord gives to us. It says, and the peace of God. So the peace of God is a part of this promise that the Lord gives to us in verse 7. Now, dear ones, there are a couple of things about this phrase and this statement that we need to be aware of. One thing is that what is being described for us here is the peace of God. And this is not, this is, we need to be careful not to confuse what is being described for us here with other things that we are told about in the word of God, like the peace that comes from God or having peace with God or the peace that we get through God. We, we want to be careful because what is being described for us here is something different than those other things. All those other things are described for us in the word of God, but the promise that the Lord is giving to us here is different than that. Another thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, it says, and the peace of God and the word of that is used here in the Greek, it is being used in the genitive case. It is being used in the genitive case. Now, there are two meanings to the genitive case that we need to be aware of that apply to what we're looking at here in this text. The first meaning is, the, as you use a word in the genitive case, it can describe something that, uh, that, that applies to a person possessing something. It applies to possession. And so it is speaking to us of something that belongs to someone or belongs to something. Or it also speaks to us about origin. And so it is speaking to us about something that proceeds forth or comes from someone. And so, as I said, we want to take note that the word of is being used here in a genitive case. And so when we talk about the peace of God, what is being described for us here is the type of peace that the Lord himself has. And he lives in and operates from on an ongoing and consistent basis. We're not just talking about peace that comes from God. We're talking about the peace of God. It is the peace that God himself has, the peace that he lives in and operates from on a daily basis. And so what is literally being said to us here is this. If we will only take the prescription that the Lord gives to us here in verse six and apply it to those things that have the capacity to cause us to worry, what the Lord promises to do for us is he promises to give to us the opportunity to experience a measure of the peace that he himself has and he himself lives in on a daily basis. 
Lord have mercy. And, and, and dear ones, this is being given to us to help us deal with those things that are causing us to worry. And so what is being described for us here and being offered to us, here we go now, is the opportunity to be able to experience a type of peace that is superior to anything else we have ever seen or experienced both in its quality and in its effectiveness and that transcends anything that could originate from us or we could produce on our own. Amen. God says, if you follow my prescription, I will give you something that you have never seen before. You have never experienced before. I will allow you to experience for a time what I experience on a daily basis. My peace. The peace I have. And there was now in understanding this and in seeing this, it helps us to better understand what the Lord Jesus was saying to us in John, the 14th chapter. So let's all look real quickly at John 14. Notice what we're told in verse 27. Jesus says there, he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not some peace or a measure of peace. He says, I'm giving you my peace. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. In other words, the peace that I'm giving you is not the kind of peace you can get from the world. It's not the kind of peace that you can experience from the world. It's a different type of peace, a different quality of peace. Lord have mercy. And so, dear ones, now it is in seeing this and hearing this and beginning to understand the nature of the peace that is being offered to us in this in this prescription and this promise, dear ones, that it helps us to see how this peace is able to pass all understanding. Now we can begin to understand how this peace can pass all understanding. And there are a couple things we need to take note of from this. One thing is that the word passive that is used here, it comes from a Greek word that means to go beyond or to be better or to be superior or to surpass and excel over other things. And so the type of peace that we are talking about here is able to do all of those things. It is a type of peace that is superior to other types of peace. It excels other types of peace. It goes beyond other types of peace. Lord have mercy. Uh, The other thing that we want to notice, dear ones, is that at various times in the word of God, we encounter what is known as anthropomorphic language. In the word of God, we encounter at various times what is known as anthropomorphic language. And we that is used to describe for us how the Lord is responding or reacting to something. Now, for those that, that we've talked about this in past messages, but for those that don't remember or, or don't know it all to begin with, anthropomorphic language, dear ones, is language that describes for us human actions or human reactions or human responses to things that is being used in an effort to help us to understand how the Lord is responding to something because the Lord is spirit in nature. Yeah. And so when we talk about the hand of God, God literally does not have hands. 
He is spirit in nature. He doesn't have actual hands, but we are describing through using human language, human terms, something that is trying to help us better understand how the Lord is acting or responding to something. And so, dear ones, we will see at various times in the word of God, we are told about how we will see the Lord being angry or talk. We talk, it talks about the anger of the Lord was kindled. Or we are taught, it talks about in the word of God, in the book of Exodus, how we serve a God who is jealous. God is a jealous God. Or we're told in Psalm 37 about how the Lord laughs. The God will laugh at them. And then we're told in Psalm 51 how the Lord is pleased with certain things. It pleases the Lord. Dear ones, those are all emotions that we as people feel and experience. And so those types of terms are being used to describe how the Lord is responding or feeling or, or reacting to certain experiences or certain things. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.